Hello and welcome back to the Harbour Hoops podcast. This is episode 91. We are very near to that magic 100 episode. I'm your host, Liam Horsley, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, it's Ben Jones. Ben, how you doing, buddy? Hello there. Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Yes, all good, thanks, mate. All good. Enjoying the uh, lovely British rainy weather this morning on a dog walk, which is fun. Yeah, what a contrast. Yesterday was quite nice and this morning it's gone a bit off. Yeah, we have a lot of weather-based uh, sidetracks at the start of the pod. I enjoy it. It makes us sound 20 years older than we actually are, so that's good. Um, but we are now very much into the dull, dark part of summer, so we thought. And then about two days ago, we got hit by four bits of news, so we got some good uh, NBA stuff to talk about. So plans for the pod, we'll go through uh, the news, like I just said, talk about some contracts, talk about a couple of weird little trades, which are quite fun. Uh, then we're going to just quickly go through the NBA schedule release for the opening week and the Christmas Day games and we're going to try and rate them out of five uh, and then finally we're going to leave with our top 10 players in the NBA uh, and that was very hard to do so I think my list is going to be terrible and probably mocked by many so that's good good start <laughs> uh, let's kick it off with the news then uh, we'll start with the uh, the typical thing that happened we recorded our last podcast put it out and then an hour later Kawhi Leonard signed a four-year deal with the Clippers uh, so it's a four-year, $176 million deal, uh, rather than signing the more financially beneficial one, of the one plus one, and then doing a max deal next year, he decided to just do the four-year deal. For me, that does say he's a little bit worried about that knee, but uh, we'll see how that works out. What are your opinions on this? I guess no real shock? No, he was going to get offered the maximum amount that they could, even with that knee injury. He's come back from... Um, previous injuries quite well before and I think they're hoping the same thing can happen again he's still relatively young if you look at him compared to the other superstars in the league I think he's only 29-30 whereas most kind of big name stars are 30 plus Um, so there's time there especially on a four year contract for him to get back up to his peak uh, and taking a slightly less money than what he could take in a year or two is probably going to help the Clippers in terms of cap space and signing players um, but I agree with you. It does suggest to me him taking that four-year deal earlier. Maybe he's a little bit worried about his injuries, or maybe he's just being really nice and saying, "Look, you know, I, I'll take slightly less money than I would in a couple of years, and I'll sign with you for four years, um, just as a kind of favour in a way for for dealing with his injuries and things." I don't know, but uh, it, it seems about right at this moment in time. Yeah, I think uh, it was a big move, wasn't it, to get him and Paul George there. So I think it's nice that they've shown both shown a bit of loyalty, haven't they? I think Paul George signed his deal last year or last summer, even though summer was like two weeks long last time uh, between seasons. And then Kawhi Leonard has now signed this extension. So I think it kind of just helps the Clippers build for the next few seasons. Uh, and I do think as well, it probably helped them pay less luxury tax in the future, which I know their owner is a billionaire, but I think the, the less random tax money you can pay to the NBA, I think is the better for, for some of these owners. Um, well, that's Kawhi then. Good deal. I'm not sure we're going to see him much next season, but I think the Clippers are going to be very good for the next three years after that, for sure. Uh, the next one was Joel Embiid then. This came a couple of days ago. It's a four-year, $196 million Supermax. This is the the amount of money that Kawhi could have signed for for next summer, I believe. Um, obviously, Embiid staying with the 76ers. They've kind of pledged the future to him. We all know that they seem to have picked him over Ben Simmons for the future. Uh, and I just think this is an incredible deal for, for both parties. Yeah, the City love him. He loves the City. Um, he is the best player on that team. For me, I think he took a massive leap last year. Um, maturity-wise, 
fitness-wise, just seemed to have more of an NBA head on him. Um, and I think it really showed in his performance. So I, I had him very high on the MVP list for all of last year, basically, even with the injuries and things and time off. Um, so I, I think this is really, really good uh, from both parties. He's getting paid and they're getting a superstar locked in for the, the next four years. Yeah, and with this deal, he's actually already got... This is a, he's, this was his first summer he was eligible for the extension, but he's already got two years left. So now he's basically got six years left in Philly for $261 million. So he's going to be one of the richest players in that six-year period, and also the 76 gets to keep their star around. So I think that's good. I think it shows confidence from Embiid as well that he thinks Darren Morey can trade for that star. Yeah. I know the, the ringer, Kevin O'Connor, who's quite close to Boston and quite close to Philly, he basically says that Darren Morey wants Damian Lillard and no one else. That's going to be the plan. Whether that takes six months or whether that takes two years, that's that's going to be the plan. So I think it shows quite a lot of uh, confidence from Embiid to stick around. And I, I, like, I agree with you. I think it's cool to see a player love the city so much. The fans adore him. Uh, and they decided to stay together. And he's going to try and win a championship. Very similar to Giannis, really, in, in that yeah. sense. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a good deal. And uh, he's a very, very well-paid man. I believe he's going to give a lot of money back in, uh, to infrastructure in uh, Nigeria for, for basketball in Nigeria. So I think he's a good person off the court as well, which is uh, always nice to see. Uh, next, we have a, very, a slightly different type of deal. This is a max deal, but it's for a lot less money. Uh, Marcus Smart, four years, 77 million, that tiny figure of 77 million which is the actual maximum amount of money the Celtics were allowed to offer him with the, the contract rules. Uh, he signed that, so he's going to be in Boston for four years. Or, if you believe some reports, they're just keeping him for a while to be able to trade him. But that, that's a very cynical way to look at it. I think he's a bit of the, the, the heart and soul of that team. Rumours are they're actually going to let him play true point guard this season rather than off guard, um, which will be interesting to see how that goes. But I think it's cool for them to reward him with a deal. I like the fact that Marcus gets to stick around. Um, and he's made himself as much money as he can with Boston. So I think that's a, a cool little signing as well. Has he not learnt from Dennis Schroeder anything that's not above 84 million you turn down? <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Now, this is great. Um, really good for Marcus Smart. He deserves to get paid. I think there's a combination here of, A, I think he's a great locker room guy for that Boston team. B, yeah. he is the biggest and best defensive presence they've had consistently on that team. Um, he does bring it on the court every single night. Um, so I think Boston are kind of stretching that to that max for him because I think they kind of feel like they, they owe him a little bit because he has given a lot to that team so far. Um, and I think it's, especially from Boston in the past, people that have given a lot to the team and they've kind of taken that for granted, they've really suffered for it. So I think they're now really kind of, as an organisation, looking after their players a bit more, which is really, really nice to see. Um, so I, I really like this deal for Marcus Smart. And it's, it is, a, if they want to in the future, it is a tradable contract because he is um, such a good defender. His offence is a bit up and down, but when he's on, he's very, very good. So if they need to at any point move him, I think they can, but at the moment, I think this is a long-term deal for a reason. Yeah, you're right. It's very, very tradable. Uh, and like I said, that there's, there's kind of wishes for him to start a point guard. I wonder with Dennis Schroeder in there, if there'd be a lot of times that they'll play together in the backcourt as well. Maybe not at the start of games, but potentially more at the end of games. So I think it works quite well. I think there was rumours that he was a little bit unhappy last year and he was struggling with his role on the team. So I think to kind of clarify how much you love him, how much you want him on your roster, how, how the fact you want him here for long term, 
um, is good. And even if he maybe doesn't believe that they want him for long term, they've at least given him that financial security. Like if he ever got injured and stuff like that. So I think mentally it'll be a big bonus for Marcus Smart as well. So another good deal there. Uh, and then next we have two trades that kind of interlink. So the first trade was the Clippers traded uh, Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo and uh, Aturo to the Grizzlies for Eric Bledsoe. Um, let's just talk about this from the Clippers side because there's going to be a second trade we'll talk about in a minute to do with uh, one of those players. But um, for the Clippers, Bledsoe, probably a little bit better than Beverly, to be honest. Um, obviously, good good defensive player still. Bit more of a better leader, potentially. Not going to do those stupid antics and, and try and injure someone like Patrick Beverly would. So, do you think this is a significant upgrade for the Clippers? Yeah, I like it for the Clippers. Um, I think... Uh, they're obviously showing the commitment to, to Bledsoe here and, and wanting someone like him on their roster. I think Beverly's kind of... Um, his tenure at the team is kind of worn out, I think. They've kind of got a bit fed up with all his antics and he doesn't actually bring enough on the court, I think, to warrant having that kind of person around. Um, and I think Bledsoe is a good enough like point guard for them um, in terms of he's not bad defensively, he's not bad offensively, he's kind of middle of the road in both. Um, whereas past point guards they've had on the Clippers team have either been one or the other. So this is kind of a good middle of the road and I feel like he would fit in well with like the Batoons and the Paul George and the Kawhi Leonard when they're all back together. I think this is a unit that could work really, really well together. Um, so I like Bledsoe going to the Clippers. Um, I think overall as well, it's, uh, I did hear somewhere that it's going to work out a bit cheaper for them long term as well, having Bledsoe rather than uh, these yeah. other players that they moved on. So yeah. um I think it saves them twenty million in tax this year, and then next year Bledsoe's only got five million dollars guaranteed on his contract, so he can either get cut for less money or they can renegotiate that for less. So, yeah, you're right; it's financially quite good for the Clippers as well. Yeah, so I, I like this from the Clippers standpoint. I think they've done really, really good job there. Yeah, I'm not really a Bledsoe fan to be honest, but. Um... I'm probably less of a fan of Beverly and Rondo, so <laughs> I think it. Uh, I think it is an improvement for them. Uh, I like the fact for them he's got two years because I don't think they're going to be that good this year. Maybe their aim will be to get in the playoffs and then hope Kawhi's fit for the first round. That would be their full plan for the whole season, but I'm not sure that would be possible in a loaded West. But at least in year two, then when Kawhi's back, you're going to have Kawhi, Paul George. Reggie Jackson resigned, Batum's there for two years, and then Bledsoe will be there for two years. So you've got a real kind of veteran core, haven't you? So I think it, it does make sense. It does make sense for them. In terms of the Grizzlies, uh, they've still got Rajon Rondo and Atoro on the roster for now. Atoro is probably going to get cut if you listen to all the rumours because they've got too many men on the roster. Uh, Rondo, there's been no kind of rumours yet, but we'll see what happens. But Patrick Breverly, who did tweet out grit and grind, <laughs> funny enough, straight after the trade, uh, he has been traded by the Grizzlies already. Uh, he's been traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Jarrett Culver and Juan Hernan Gomez. Uh, Culver obviously was picked six in the draft, kind of hasn't worked out for him. The shot kind of never really landed, but the Grizzlies, a young team with a young future, kind of take a swing on someone and let, I guess, Minnesota take in Patrick Beverly to try and be a bit of a veteran presence. So what are your thoughts on on the second part of this trade? Uh, any team that's getting rid of Patrick Beverly for me is won the trade. So um, the Grizz have done well here, like you said, getting back at a similar age kind of timelined piece yeah. in Culver. Um and Hernan Gomez is 
a, like he's fine. He's a good NBA player. He's absolutely fine. I'm sure they can slot him in somewhere on this roster if they want to keep hold of him. Or is another great piece to then kind of move on to make some more deals going forward. Um, in terms of Beverly going to the Timberwolves, I have no idea how that's going to pan out with <laughs> the players they've got on that roster. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> I mean, hopefully he merges well with them and becomes a bit of a dog for them. But there's also that option where it could go south and he Jimmy Butler's it and falls out with all of them. Um, so you never know. We, we'll wait and see on that one. Yeah, it's an expiring deal. So it'd be hilarious if he got moved again some point yeah. just because of that expiring but um yeah him and D'Lo I'm not sure I think Carl Anthony Towns it's a bad rap but I think him and D'Lo uh they're not going to be the best of friends no I don't think anyway and also Carl Anthony Towns I think he'll he'll find Patrick Beverly fine but I'm not sure Patrick Beverly will enjoy the uh, relaxed style of uh, of the way he plays basketball sometimes but I don't think Patrick Beverly enjoys much to be honest the way he goes on on our course. <laughs> uh I don't know, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think it's good for the Grizzlies. I think taking a flyer without giving up any picks for someone who is the sixth pick overall is great. And if it doesn't work out, then you've just, all you've done is lost Patrick Beverly in a sense. And uh, I know they did other trades to get this point, didn't they, where they lost uh, your man Valentunis. But I think overall it's uh it's a good deal for them. For the T-Wolves, I'm with you. I think it's a strange one, but I think most things they do are quite strange. And all I will add is that they had almost too many young players and that it was a bit strange of a rotation, whereas now either Beverly can come off the bench or you can not even play him. He can just be a squad rotation guy. Whereas Culver, I kept thinking they had to try and give minutes to because he was the sixth pick. Yeah. Um, whereas now they can kind of focus on other players potentially. But I'm with you. I think the Clippers uh, win the first trade and, and the Grizzlies... Uh, Grizzlies win the second trade and Minnesota don't really get much better, unfortunately, for them. But that's kind of all we had for for general news. Why don't we uh, why don't we move on to the schedule then? Um so what we're gonna do, we're gonna I'm gonna read out all the games for opening week because they've named the televised games. Uh they've named the Christmas Day games as well officially, so we're gonna read those out and we're gonna rate them out of five uh, and have like not very long, like twenty seconds little chat about about each one, why we like it and stuff. So let's start it off, mate, with the uh the first game, well, I guess not the first game, but uh, the first game that I wanted to talk about was uh, Lakers versus Warriors, which is the late game on opening night. Uh, what sort of great, what out of five to give this game? Well, it's a five. LeBron versus Steph Curry. It's the the marquee matchup in the NBA. It's it's the two big names that went at each other in finals after finals after finals. They had a really good matchup in that playing game. Um, is it going to be the return of Clay? Possibly not, but that's exciting in itself. Um, this new look Lakers team with all the superstars of 10 years ago, how's that going to pan out? Um, yeah. Is Steph Curry going to come back hot? I mean, there's so many things that I want to see in this game. So uh, I said five out of five for me. Yeah, and this is uh, Tuesday, October 19th as well. She made that clear. This is a late one. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's a five. They played in the playing game and it was the highest rated game uh, viewing figures of all season, including the finals. Like, like that's just ridiculous that a team that are what I think the Lakers were seven or yeah were they sixth and the Warriors were seventh or whatever it was and they had to play a playing game and the fact that that was the highest rated game is just absolutely crazy so yeah I think it's a good one uh Steph Curry I think if Clay comes back it'll only make it better uh, everyone is going to be dying to see Russell Westbrook playing alongside those guys so yeah I think that's a 
a five out of five for me. And then the earlier game is a, a bit of a rematch from this year's playoffs as well. It's the Nets versus the Bucks, I believe, at Milwaukee, because they'll get their rings. Uh, what would you give this game? Because for me, I think it's probably another five. I'd agree with you there. You, you look at their playoff series, um, and most people would say if, if Brooklyn hadn't had the injuries, they probably would have gone on to win that series. And then what would we be looking at now? So um, maybe Kevin Durant's cut a toe or two off to help him with his three-point shooting. We will see, but this is an exciting matchup again. Five out of five. Yeah, I love it. And that's the the, the only two there on opening night. Uh, and then on Wednesday, you'll have a load of games, to be honest. But um, the, the two televised games, first of all, we have the Celtics at the Knicks on ESPN. Uh, I quite like this game just because I think the atmosphere at Madison Square Garden is going to be crazy. Obviously, it'll be full. Even though in the playoffs, it was basically full. This will be the first time it's been fully full since the... Uh, since COVID came around and th- there'll be less kind of uh, restrictions on fans having to wear masks and stuff. So I think it'll be a, a great atmosphere in MSG. I'm excited to see Boston with a couple of their new pieces, see Al Horford back. So I think for the MSG factor, this is probably a four out of five for me. I quite like this game. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go three out of five. I think this is obviously a battle of the kind of old rivalries in Boston and New York. Um New York are a team on the rise currently. Boston are a team trying to find themselves. I think the history of it and the opposing fans make this a better matchup than it potentially is going to be on the court. So that's why I'm not as high on it. Yeah, that makes sense. Julius Randle didn't do a lot uh, in the playoffs to uh, keep everyone enthused. Um, Nerlene's Noel got his big contract, so he might go out and get 10 points, 10 rebounds. What a day. But we'll see. Uh, the late game that night, then uh, maybe a bit of a better game is the Nuggets at the Suns. Obviously, Jamal Murray maybe not involved with that injury, but uh, a lot of stars on show here. So, what would you grade this game out of five? Um, yeah, I, I do like this game actually. I'm going to go four out of five. It's not like the two biggest teams in the NBA get going at each other, but it's two very very talented teams. Um, obviously. Jokic on the Nuggets side, can he continue what he was doing in this previous season? Suns coming off the back of that finals loss, are they, are they going to kick on or are they going to sort of start slowly this year? Um, I'm really interested to see how everybody comes back uh, in this offseason, especially Jokic, because a lot of the time he can come back a bit doughy and play himself into fitness. So <laughs> this first game will be a real test for him. Yeah, I'm probably going to go three out of five. I don't know. I'm just not into the Suns. It's weird. I think I'm over-sunned after all the hype they had last season a little bit. Uh, and I'm going to miss Jamal Murray. Uh, but I think the, the Nuggets are going to be better. So I might go three out of five. Uh, and probably because it's so late and I won't be able to get to watch it live, it's probably a factor why I'm a bit biased against that one. Uh, next then, speaking of players that can come back slightly doughy, <laughs> Thursday, uh, 7.30 tip-off American time to 12.30 hours. We're going to have the Mavs at the Hawks. Uh, I find it funny that the NBA is still trying to get this Trey Young versus Luca uh, rivalry going when they don't even play in the same conference, so they hardly ever play each other, but they keep trying to get it going. Uh, I think these two players against each other is fun, but I am a bit getting a bit tired of them trying to make it like Trey versus Luca when they're actually pretty good friends as well. It's a bit of a strange one. The league keeps trying to do it just because they were, they were traded for each other. So I'll probably go four out of five. Um, I love the fact Dallas's first game on TV is going to be early. That's that's a very uh, beneficial thing for me. But I'll probably go four out of five. Uh, maybe two of the best future stars in the NBA, which is nice. But what about you? 
Yeah, I think I'm on the same wavelength as you there. I think um, I think it's it's going to be an entertaining matchup for sure. Uh, to 100% future all stars potentially. I know it's early in the careers, but if they keep going on this kind of trajectory, there's no reason why they couldn't both be Hall of Flamers by the end of their careers. So um, I, I'm more interested to see how the rest of the team matches up around them. Um, obviously, Luca didn't have too much help going into the playoffs last year. Um, the Hawks ended up working really well as a team by the end of the season. Can they carry that on? Can Porzingis step up? Is there going to be any more changes before now and then? That's where I'm more interested in with this matchup because I know Trey and Luca are going to bring it. Yeah, Luca's going to try and uh, switch on to Trey, isn't he, and back him down like he did with Patrick Beverly. That's definitely going to be <laughs> definitely going to be a first quarter aim for, for Luca, but it should be fun. And then following that, we have the Clippers at the Warriors. For me, I'm actually going to give this a two because Kawhi's not playing, and I'm not huge fans of the Clippers uh, in general. Um, so I'm probably going to give it a two because I think. Without Kawhi, it's not quite as enticing to me. Even though the Clippers could still win because they're good. Clay might not play at that point. Um, but yeah, I'll probably give that one a two for me. Um, what about you? Yeah, I think I'm going to go one higher and go a three. Um, even with Kawhi going down, the Clippers were quite entertaining in the in the playoffs. They've made a few little tweaks and changes. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of form up and how deep the bench goes. Have they got any bigs this year to kind of help them out by this point. Um, and on the flip side, you know, it's the Golden State Warriors, one of the most entertaining teams in the league. Um, so I can't go too low on this matchup with one of the teams being that. No, and the Warriors have got so many cool young talents as well. Um, so it'd just be interesting to see, do they play? Do they play much? Like Wiseman, will he be back? Will they kind of let the youngsters just sit on the bench? Like It'd be interesting to see how much they play as well. So that, that, that is one factor that'd be quite interesting. And then Friday night, then the, the final two games of the the kind of big kickoff announcement they've done. Uh, first game is Nets at 76ers. And I just, for some reason, these two didn't quite have as much drama because of uh, injuries when Durant didn't play. I think Durant, Harden, and Kyrie missed two 76ers games, uh, and they obviously didn't play each other in the playoffs. So they haven't got quite that rivalry that the Bucks have. But I'm actually looking forward to this just as much. I'm going to go five because I want to see Embiid against a team that hasn't really got a big center, and I want to see. Uh, Kyrie and Harden against a team with their good defensive guard. So I'm, I'm going to go five out of five. I think this is a real fun one for a Friday night. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm going to go five out of five here as well. Um, that loaded Nets team versus an absolute beast in Embiid on the 76ers. Um, if they still have Ben Simmons at this point, who's he going to guard as well? Is it going to be him on Durant or is it going to be him on like a Harden or a Kyrie try and slow one of them down? Um, this could be a really really fun matchup so yeah definitely looking forward to this nice and then finally then to end the week we have a another kind of playoff rematch i guess we have the suns at the lakers uh i'm gonna give this one a four because i think lebron's gonna try and absolutely ruin the suns if he plays which i assume he would uh and i want to see anthony davis after not turning up very well in the playoffs. i want to see him turn up for a game so uh i don't normally enjoy watching the lakers games but i'm going to go four out of five on this one because i think there's a bit of rivalry between the teams and, and chris paul and lebron even though they're good friends off the court on the court they like to uh, to wind each other up and each other's teams up so i'm gonna go four out of five i think for this one uh yeah i'm gonna go yeah probably the same um It'd be nice to see the two full, the two teams are at full health going at each other here, as opposed to the playoffs where 
Chris Paul was injured, then Anthony Davis was injured. It just didn't quite work out the way anybody wanted it to. Um, so um, I don't think it's one of the marquee matchups of the season, but it's definitely uh, going to be a, a really good game. Nice, cool. Well, that's the opening week then. Let's move on to, I think, I don't know if it's everyone's favourite day, but we're big fans of it. Uh, and I know in the UK, because the tip-off times, NBA UK fans absolutely love it. But the Christmas Day games become a bit of a tradition. We've now basically locked in to five games every year, which does seem like a lot of basketball when you <laughs> when you look at it written down on paper. But uh, as always, we'll start with the first game. Uh, first game of the day, which I think is five o'clock our time. Uh, we've got the Hawks at the Knicks. They're really going for that rivalry. Trey Young at MSG. Uh, and I just think for the narrative, this is an incredibly fun game. They've just picked a perfect game. So if Trey Young rinses the Knicks again, the whole of Twitter is going to be on fire and talking about the NBA on Christmas Day, which is what they want. So I think that is just a five out of five just because of the storylines. MSG on Christmas Day is always lit. And Trey Young, I used to hate him, but I'm starting to enjoy him more now. And I think he'll be fun to watch on Christmas Day. So I think I might go five out of five for that one. Uh, I'm going to go four out of five for this one. Uh, I love the narrative. I love the fire between the two teams. But the Knicks offense sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's not really like two teams I do want to be putting my very limited time on Christmas Day into. So, um, yeah, so, uh, so four out of five for me. Yeah, I probably overcommitted there. I'm probably, I should have said four, but oh well, <laughs> we move. Uh, next game then, Boston Celtics at the Bucks. This is going to be, I believe, about 7.30 our time. Uh, I'm going to go four out of five for this one. Uh, I like seeing Giannis. I think Giannis always does well again against the uh, against the Celtics, which is quite fun. Uh, and I just kind of, I think the Celtics weren't as bad last year as they played. So I think the Celtics could be better this year, but they need a good start. So I think these sort of games in the first couple of months are going to be vital. So I'm going to go four out of five. Looking forward to see Jason Tatum match up against Giannis on, on Christmas Day. Um I'm going three out of five. I think for the sole reason that the Celtics burnt me so much last season that I find it difficult to kind of get excited about them now. Yeah, uh, true. It'll take some time, won't it? Yeah, they, they've got to build back up that kind of reputation that they had a season ago. So, um, Would you have preferred that if this was the Heat? Because I know a lot of Heat fans are complaining they're not on the Christmas Day schedule, spoiler alert, but uh, would you have preferred the Heat versus the Bucks? Yeah, I think I would have, um, just because yeah. of their history, like last two playoffs ago, and then I think the Heat would want to come back with a bit more fire in this this time round because this playoffs that they've just played, they were woeful against the Bucks. Yeah. So um, I think it would have made for a better better matchup. That's for sure. Yeah, I think we're trying to be positive about these games, but it's the worst Christmas Day slate I've seen in a while. Um, but there's because they've missed a couple of key players and teams out, and they've really focused on certain matchups. But uh, yeah, I think the Heat fans will be annoyed that they weren't involved in this kind of midday one. Uh, next, then we have the I think this is the the first of the later games, so ten o'clock our time, I think. Uh, so we have Golden State at the Suns again. I'm not quite on that Suns hype as much, and I think they could have done a better they could have done a better job with the schedule here. So I'm going to go three three out of five for me on this one. Yeah, really understand this matchup it's like they picked two bigger named teams at this current point in time and just mashed them together um, yeah I actually think the Mavs versus Warriors would have been fun because you've had they could have done Curry versus Luka which has not really happened that many times because of injuries they've only played against each other once yeah I, I think maybe what I would have done is shuffled here and gone um, Brooklyn versus Golden State 
that kind of I know they're all friends again, but Durant coming back to Golden State with his new super super team, yeah. the kind of big threes going against each other, and shuffled the Mavericks up to play the Lakers because Luca and LeBron always have a really really good back and forth. Yeah, they're friends as well, aren't they? And they always have a yeah. laugh. Yeah, and that, true. You know, Christmas Day, that's the kind of thing you want. You want a good game, but you also want to see the players out there enjoying themselves. Um, but that's not happening. So we're at Golden <laughs> State, uh, Phoenix Suns. Uh, I mean, it, it's a it's a four out of five. It's two good teams. It's going to be a good game, but it's not like the kind of game with a backstory that you usually get on a Christmas Day. Yeah, true, true. Uh, then we're on to the two later games then. Uh, the first one is just obvious. Uh, the Nets at the Lakers, super team versus super team, basically a kind of preview to what they would hope the finals would be. Uh, this is going to be quite late, I think, our time, maybe 1 one a.m., I think, our time. Uh, this, for me, is... I think the Hawks-Knicks is obvious because they always put the Knicks on because they get the best viewing figures because they're the biggest, basically, the, the most support team outside the Lakers. Um but this, for me, this matchup was the most obvious they were going to put on there. It's just an incredible one, isn't it, to draw everyone in. You put it quite late in the day as well to try and encourage people to watch the game before. Um, so I think this is a great one. So it's five out of five Nets versus Lakers, I think. Yeah, five out of five for me as well. Durant LeBron on Christmas yeah. Day, isn't it? West, well, and West, Westbrook and Harden and then AD and Kyrie. It's just like, Perfect. it's some big names going against each other. Yeah, this is probably the best game on Christmas Day. Yeah, and we're going to have Melo hitting the game winner in the corner just for the bounce. So there we go. <laughs> it would be funny if they did a Lakers-Knicks, Melo to go back to MSG, but um, another time, another time. And then last of all then, the Mavs at the Jazz. Uh, I give it a three out of five. It's just, there's no rivalry really between these teams, although Luca does embarrass Gobert every time he plays him uh, in the paint. But... Yeah, it's not really... It's similar to the Warriors-Suns one where they've just picked two teams that are good. They pick the Jazz because they don't want to disrespect them all the time. And they pick the Mavs just because, obviously, Luca. That, that'll be the same forever. But I think I, I saw a good piece online that the, the perfect game would have been the Mavs-Nuggets, right? Where you have Jokic versus Luca, two Europeans, two stars. They're friends. They both play similarly. They play in a fun way, don't they, with crazy passes all over the court. Yeah. Um, and I think long-term... I hope the Mavs obviously are as good as the Jazz, but I think the Mavs and Nuggets are a bit more, they're going to be battling out for seeding, whereas the Jazz might win more games. So I think there could have been a bit more rivalry installed with, with Mavs versus Nuggets. So so I've given this one three out of five because it'll still be a good game. Uh, I love watching Luca, so I'll, I'll watch it anyway. But yeah, not, not the best kind of storyline for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's two very, very good teams going at each other. Again, Golden State, Phoenix kind of vibes here. It's just, the, what two marquee teams have we got left? Shall we put them against each other? Um, it could be a really good game, so I, I'll go four out of five. But um, yeah, no real like history or story behind it, so can't give it that five. No, I'm sat here thinking now as well, and I do wonder if you could have gone something like the Hawks versus the Bucks in like a rematch, you know, for the playoffs if you wanted Trey Young, and then you could have gone the Mavs versus the Knicks. Because obviously Luca used to support the Knicks as a child. MSG is incredible, and Porzingis going back to MSG on Christmas Day would have just been would have been fire. So I think they missed a couple of tricks with with some of those games. But uh, I'm sure we're going to all watch as many of them as we can over here in the UK. Uh, it's a fun day with the early kickoffs, and this year the NFL, which I, Ben Ben's not a fan of the NFL, but I am. The NFL basically has three games this year, so they're going up against the NBA. Um, 
And I think that's part of the reason why they've tried to shoehorn some of these bigger teams in, just because they want viewing figures not to get destroyed completely. But um, yeah, so, some some weird matchups, but some, some good ones for sure. I'm sure the whole world will be tuning in to, to Durant versus LeBron. Um, right, cool. That's our scheduled news then. Uh, so the last topic then, this is going to be our last topic before we have a little bit of a break as well. So we wanted to kind of go out on a bit of a high. So we've decided to go our top 10 players in the NBA. Um, we might have done it differently because I have done the top 10 and I've included someone who is injured, I guess won't play much next season, but it's still a top 10 player for me. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, there's no point starting at one because that's boring. Let's start at 10. Uh, and I'll let you go first on number 10, mate. We'll, we'll go back and forth. So if you go first on your number 10, who is that? Uh, my list is ever-changing and ever-evolving. As so is mine, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I've done the kind of opposite to you here. I've taken out people with injuries. Um, I've got a couple that I want to talk about at the end that are kind of honourable mentions, little caveats, things like that. So we'll get to that eventually. But in oh, at 10... Wait, before we start, actually, how many of these are the same prediction? How many are we going to have the same number? It's usually, I feel like it's usually about half. So I'll go, I'll go with five out of ten. We will match. Uh, actually, no, I think it's going to be less. So I think I've got one or two. Well, <laughs> maybe one or two little cover. Uh, we'll go um, four matched. I'm going to go. We are rivals on this one. I think we're going to be very different. So I'm going to go two out of two out of ten. But we'll see. Okay. Number 10, let's go. At 10, um, people are going to say I've put him too low for players that I might have ahead of him. But in my opinion, I think number 10 on the list is Damian Lillard. Dame time himself. He can hit the big shots. He is an incredible player. He is a fantastic point guard. But I believe there are players out there that are better than him um, and contribute in more areas than him in terms of he is awful defensively. Um, His passing is good. His scoring is obviously incredible. But that aside, I feel like there's players that contribute more than him on other areas of the court. Yeah, and let's not forget, top 10 player in the world, still bloody good. <laughs> oh my God, it's incredible, yeah. Yeah, um, nice. So you, th- so you think then more people would have him between like, I don't know, three and seven, somewhere like that, potentially? I think so, yeah. I, I think this is low for most people's uh, view on Damian Lillard. There we go. Well, we'll see where he ends up on my list because I do not have Damian at 10. I have a different star of a very recent film, uh, maybe a bit more of a flop of the film. I have the lowest I've ever ranked him I have Anthony Davis at number 10. Uh, you'll see a little bit of a trend in a second when I go on to, to number nine and number eight. But uh, I think personally that I couldn't really shake almost how average he was last year for him. Uh, I know his average is still incredible for most players, but uh, he didn't really seem to play that well last year. And I'm getting tired of these playoffs where he has one good game, then one bad game. Like You're not going to find another player on this list that has a bad, well, maybe one, that has a bad playoff game. Yeah, definitely one, actually. Uh, that, has a, that has a bad playoff game almost every other time. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just seems... Yeah. And I don't enjoy it. How many times on the podcast did we say last week, uh, last year, uh, we were confident about a Lakers game. After the Lakers game, they lost. And we were like, well, Anthony Davis got seven rebounds and 14 points. And you're like, okay, well, he should be the best player on the court. Like Even compared to LeBron at that age... 
because Davis plays more defense. You think Le- Davis should almost be the best player on the court every time he plays. But I was a bit disappointed last year, uh, and I think there's a couple of players above him now. Um, so it's the, literally the lowest I've ever ranked him uh, in our list that we've done. Even before we had a pod and we used to text these lists to each other. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the lowest of Adam. So I've gone Davis at 10. Uh, uh, that, that, leads on, yeah. that leads on to my nine then. Um, I've got another big, and this is kind of why Davis is 10. I went with Joel Embiid at nine. Uh, incredible offensive player, incredible defensive player. Completely agree with what you said earlier, that he's kind of sorted himself out a little bit mentally. He's just a bit more focused on the game. He was definitely fitter last year. I think it was the lowest weight they said he'd come into camp at as well. So he'd done some work in the offseason. He still got injured last year, but not as much at all. And he played through injuries because of other parts of his body were stronger and because he adapted his game to play through those. So he was second in MVP voting last year. Um, and I struggled to not have him actually a bit lower down. I, I, seven and up to nine, I was changing around quite a bit. Um, but I've gone and beat at nine. And I think he's, had a, he's an incredible player, incredible on both ends. Uh, but maybe, obviously, he's not going to create much for other people, which other players above him will do. But, uh, yeah, I went for Embiid at number nine. Nice. Two great picks there. I agree with you with Davis. Um, he should be the best player on that Lakers team, and he's still not, especially with the skill set that he has and the physical abilities he has. Um, yeah, love Embiid in a top 10 list. I think he deserves to be in a top 10, that is for sure. This player, however, I feel a lot of people will give me some stick on. Um, but oh, no. I think he gets looked over so, so much in the NBA um, and is one of the most talented players um, that we have. And that is Bradley Beal. Oh, big. Yeah, I, I love Bradley Beal. I think he he's obviously an incredible scorer, coming second in the, in the scoring title last year. Um, but he... Works hard defensively as well and can give you some rebounds and assists. Um, he's not too bad on the steals either. So um, I just think he's really overlooked being on that Wizards team because they are dog awful and have always been pretty bad since he's been there. So I want to see him on a good team. That That's what I want from Bradley Beal this season. I want him to get traded. I want him to go somewhere good. I want him to, to really push the boundaries and, and be a consistent all-star. And I, I just don't think he gets the credit that he's due. Yeah, he's, he's always been up there the last two seasons as well in the scoring title as well. So definitely uh, definitely an elite scorer. Having him on your list means a couple of players uh, have to miss off. But I think due, due to your injury comment earlier, I think I, I know who's going who's gonna to miss off. Um, I like that. Do you want to go through to your number eight then? Yeah. Uh, another reason I've got him at nine is one of the nicknames listed for him on basketballreference.com is uh, Big Panda. Um, <laughs> Anyone with a with a big nickname, we love here. So, uh, what's uh, Andre Drummer's nickname again? Andre big, big Penguin. Big Penguin, yeah. So big, we got big, Panda, big, big Penguin. Yeah, that's beautiful. I might get a Wizards jersey with Big Penguin on. No, get, Big Panther, not Big get, Penguin. Get get Beal to the 76ers, Get Penguin and and uh, Panda on the same team. Beautiful. Sounds like a plan. That was a good 2K team, anyway. Absolutely. So uh, my eight. Um, Again, probably a bit lower on my list than on some people's list, but it's James Harden. Um, James Harden is an incredible player, probably the best left-handed player ever to play in the NBA. Um, His shooting is incredible, but his passing is also so, so good. Uh, He knows how to get teammates involved. He's really unselfish. Um, But 
again, he only defends when he feels like he wants to. He, I don't think he's been looking after himself the past couple of seasons, and I think that's showing now in the amount of injuries he's picking up. Um, and I just don't really like the style of play and or watching him very often. So um, that's, uh, there's a bit of personal bias in there as to why <laughs> he is at this point on my list, but that's me being honest. I, I think he definitely deserves to be in the top 10. He is an incredible player. However, I just don't enjoy him. <laughs> yeah, well, these lists are, they are just that, aren't they? They are individual. By the way, I, uh, I, I, I was quite shocked at the best left-handed player in history, so I did a quick Google. I found the list that has RJ Barrett as the 40th best left-handed player of all time, which I think is it's a strange list. I would give that that. But yeah, you might be right. He literally might be the greatest left-handed player of all time. I'm putting it out there. I'm, I'm claiming it. James Harden is the best left-handed player of all time. I know they've got Willis Reed. I think he was left-handed, and David Robinson from the Spurs. But yeah, you might you, you're probably up there. Him and David Robinson are probably probably neck and neck for that. But I like that. Um, I won't talk about Harden too much at the moment because uh, he is not my number eight. So we're zero for for matching so far. Uh, my number eight. Then this is the theme that I was talking about. Uh, I've gone with the three bigs up top, so you can maybe see how I like to uh, how I like to watch basketball. Uh, number eight is Nikola Jokic, reigning MVP. Uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, he's had an incredible probably season and a half in terms of where he's been a top 10 player in the league. But he was the best player in the NBA, obviously won MVP, rightfully so. Um, and his team's record in the end wasn't, you're not talking about a one seed here, you know, like he had to kind of play so well that he still won that award, even though his team, were, what, fourth or fifth, were they? Or sixth, maybe, uh, in the rankings. So I think that um, overall that was an impressive season, but he hasn't done it as long. Uh, defensively, again, similar to Dame, you said earlier, he's terrible. <laughs> uh, he is one of the worst defensive bigs that starts in the Western Conference. But uh, incredible passer. His shot has got better. He can make crazy shots. He's good at the free throw line. He's obviously amazing around the rim. Um, but yeah, I think I'd like to see him again, like you said earlier, come into the season a bit fitter like Embiid did. And he can just keep going on another level, especially defensively. Because if he can stay with guards on pick and roll... The Nuggets are going to be sorted uh, on the defensive end. He doesn't need to be incredible. He just needs to be able to stay with them a little bit. So uh, I've got Jokic here at eight, but I think there's an argument. Some people have him five, six, seven, maybe even number four, but uh, I've gone for Jokic at eight. Uh, that leads me on to my number seven then, the player we just spoke about. This is where I put James Harden. Uh, I had him and beating Jokic just constantly swapping around, to be honest. Uh, I actually like Harden a little bit more now than I did at Houston because he has changed his style. But I agree, the way he acted last year wasn't great. His weight has been a bit of a not an issue because he's still going to score thirty points. But uh, visually, his weight has seemed an issue for about a year and a half now, and I, I do wonder if, if other things have crept into his game. And now, hopefully, he can focus on 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 himself and, and staying healthy with those hamstrings. Uh, which again, that's not going to help. Like with the weight issues he had last year. And then having hamstring issues, I don't think that's necessarily kind of uh, not related. Um, so I'm hoping Harden can be fit coming to the season. Uh, he's on a great team. Maybe could win his first title in the next two or three seasons if he stays. Uh, and I just think he's an incredible, incredible scorer. He's probably, I don't know, he's pro guard-wise, I'm a bit biased about Luca, obviously, but guard-wise, he could be the best scorer since Michael Jordan as a guard. Like, he, he's just been incredible scoring-wise uh, and creating shots for others. I think he's averaged 10 assists like three or four times in his career now. So, yeah, good player. I'm with you. I'm a little bit biased against him. Um, and I could see why people would have him higher or lower on this list, to be honest. Yeah, I was convinced then you were going to go, he 
he's pro- I, I think he's probably the best left-handed player. Yeah, I was going to go. I think he's the second second best left-handed player in the world. RJ <laughs> Barrett. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, so my seventh, um, yeah. a man you've just spoken about in Nikola Jokic. Um, for oh, me, quite, quite close down on those two. Yeah, uh, the biggest jump in seasons prior. He's gone from averaging 18, 20, 19 points to twenty six point four points last year, while still doing the ten point eight rebounds and eight point three assists and a steal per game. Um, his turnovers haven't increased. They've been three, about three, for the past three seasons. He's just, I think, a season or two ago, I think we both said Jokic is an incredible player, but he's not consistently scoring. He, he's not a big scorer because that wasn't his game. But he has really worked on that and developed that. And um, it shows, obviously, um, got the MVP uh, and is completely deserved. Um, it's just a shame that he didn't quite have all the players he needed around him last season. Things might have ended up slightly differently. But, um, yeah, Nikola Jokic has, has made some massive leaps and bounds and is an incredible centre, um, especially if you've got players around him that can score as well so he can get those assists off. Um, but, yeah, he, he doesn't bring too much defensively, as you said. No, I agree. I think that the leap he made as well was just tremendous, wasn't it? I think if he has another year like that, he'll be shooting up these sort of rankings for sure, won't he? Yeah, easy. Um, but I could honestly see if someone had him at five, I would not. I, I would maybe argue with them due to longevity and, and how the NBA works, but I don't think you could be wrong, to be honest. I think it's just an opinion based for sure. Um, cool. Well, I think that's you next, isn't it? So, so yep. give your, your number six, is it? Six. Yeah, sixth on my list again kind of with you I've got bigs lumped together I've got Joel Embiid nice um, I think Joel Embiid as a player all round is better than Jokic however what Jokic has been bringing to his team and I think he's had a better team around him the past couple of seasons than Joel has I think Joel's attitude has really let him down whereas this season I feel like Joel's attitude was better his team was more in line in what he needed around him and I think that really showed, especially in the playoffs, he gets that knee injury. He still commits to the team. He's still scoring. Um, and he he's going out there and kind of, it's like he's listened to Shaq and he's gone, right, I'm going to be the biggest, the best center in the league. No one's going to be able to stop me. I'm going to score when I want, how I want. Um, I mean, he, he's still getting 10 rebounds a game as well. He's almost hitting three assists a game, which is great. He's got a steal. He's got a block a game. He gives it to you on every area of the court. Um, and if he can keep this focus and this attitude up, I think, uh, I mean, I I had him really tipped highly for MVP last year. And I think the injury let him down. Otherwise, for me, he kind of had it in the bag. But that's just the way it goes. Yeah, because he got that first injury, didn't he, for a period of time, and then he got yeah. that second injury, obviously, in uh, the playoffs. But yeah, no, I agree. I think I think more people, you know, earlier when you said about Dame should be higher on, lower on the list, and stuff, I think more people would be annoyed at me having him be nine than than, than that, because I think he, most people will have him about where you've got him here. Um, but yeah, maybe I'm just a little bit lower. I agree with you. I think he was he actually was leading. I think he was leading in the, um, uh, the bookmakers' odds as well for MVP all the way through yeah. until that injury. Obviously, the 76ers probably would have had 
an even better record if he played more. So maybe the best record in uh, obviously the Eastern Conference, which would have been the Nuggets in the West as well. So he probably would have won that award. I think you're right. But yeah, hell of a scorer. And like I said all about him earlier, and I just think uh, he's primed to be a top 10 player for a long time. I don't think he's ever scored less than 20 points on average either in a season, which is very impressive for, for him when he was a rookie as well. So yeah. great player for sure. Um, my number six then, this is obviously where we've just gone slightly different with the rules. Um, Kawhi Leonard I put here. Uh, I think he fits perfectly in here. I used to think he was a bit higher, um, but my thing with Kawhi is due to the injuries with the quad, like basically it's known, isn't it? He's got this chronic quad injury that is just always going to be there now. Uh, and that's why he sits out games and plays less minutes. But against the Mavs, yeah, two games where they are literally the best performances in the playoffs in terms of a two way. That's just what he is. Like he went back to Raptors days where he was getting 40 points on like 16 out of 18 shooting. And then he was locking up Porzingis, Luca, whoever on the other end as well. Um, so I think he's probably higher on some people's list. But I think for me, the fact that he does have those games where he kind of lowers his own intensity due to the quad. And a couple of the playoff games that the Mavs won, he went a whole quarter without shooting. I don't think many stars will do that. I just think he has to change his game a little bit now. Uh, maybe the, the break with the ACL could actually help the quad injury, have a year off, and when he comes back, he might be a bit healthier. But I put him here at six because either way, I still think he's probably the second or best defender on this whole list I've got personally. Uh, and he's the top top five or six offensive player as well when he wants to be. So I put him here at six due to the injury worries and stuff, but uh, still a very good player. But I get why he's not on uh, he's not on your list. Mm-hmm. Cool. Top five then. So I think I'm up. Number five. This list is incredibly hard. And I have extreme bias towards and against (laughs) one of these players. Um, So this one might shock you that this player is not higher. I've gone with Steph Curry, number five. And I think most people have him higher. And I think you, if you'd have guessed that I would have had him higher. I wanted to have him a little bit higher, but um, I just think the other guys are are so good. But... uh, I don't know. I'm looking at it now. Like, should I change this list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change this list. I'll change it on the fly. Number five is Giannis. Uh, I think my five, four, and three are pretty close. To be honest, well, they're all pretty close, but even closer. I'm gonna go Giannis now. I'm thinking about it because I think Curry with a shot creation, best shooter of all time, really helps kind of space the floor. He's a very, very good passer as well, which Giannis did improve at last year. Um, but overall, Giannis at five, he could be five, four, three, two, or one in some people's lists, to be honest. I think incredible rebounder, incredible defender. Again, I still think throughout the season, the offense was a little bit stagnant. I know in the playoffs, he developed that kind of turnaround jumper, which was nice, but we only saw that for, for I think it was about seven games with the injury that he had also in the Hawks series. So uh, I want to see a little bit more of that offense. Um, but overall, his rebounding and defending is absolutely incredible. And around the rim, he's amazing. And he was a lot higher on my list, but I've changed it on the fly. So, Giannis at five. <laughs> if you've got Giannis at five and now Steph at four, um, we can have a little chat because that's where I've got them. I've got Giannis at five as well. Um, he He's a fantastic player. It, like you said, any I think any at this point, you could have this top five in any order and you could probably sway us into believing that order because these guys are all on a par with each other. He is almost unstoppable when he gets going. He seems to be able to score at will. Um, I think he's better playing more of the power forward than the small forward he's tried to play in previous years. Uh, I think it suits him better. I think it's a better role for him. 
Um, and I think that's it. I think he he has defined his role for himself, and and I think his coaches and his team have as well. And they again building a team around him that fits the, his style of play and the, and the way he kind of can break the team down. And it's resulted in them getting their first championship. And I I feel like there could definitely be more to come for this Milwaukee Bucks team. So. Um, yeah, I think that offense keeps developing. It'll just be scary levels, and it? it'll be well, not necessarily quite as good. I think it's harsh, but um, he'll be like slightly behind that LeBron level when he was in Cleveland. You know, we can dominate on both ends. Obviously, he's never going to shoot like LeBron. That's the problem. But in terms of around the paint and then on defense, he could have that level of uh, disruption on games. I think, which is good. Um, spoiler alert, though. By the way, I swapped Giannis and Curry round, but it wasn't five four. It's five three. <laughs> Oh, big swap. Yeah, but that means you're on four. And that's Curry, right, then? Yeah, so I got Curry at four. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, he's the best shooter of all time. Um, he's an incredible leader. He is a fun guy. Like, the, the jumping points from season before, I know it was only five games, but averaging 20. And even the season before that, 27 points to 32 last season, uh, <laughs> simply because... They had no other option. He had to score that much, and he can do it. Um, he got to the rim a lot as well last year because teams were just closing out on him shooting. Yeah. He was very good around the basket, which is pretty good to see. Very typical like point guard as they get older, isn't it, to learn more ways to score, I think. And that's it. I think people take for granted how good he is, not just from three, as a passer and as an in- interior scorer. I agree. Um, because a lot of the time with Golden State, they try and make their kind of their small forward, like their kind of passing option to kind of hit Currier and Clay open in, in the corners or from Draymond. Kind of, they make the forwards the passers rather than the guards, which works for them. But he is an incredible handler of the ball and an amazing passer. So he, he's going down as a Hall of Famer. He is one of the greatest players of all time. He, he's definitely been a revolutionary in changing the game going forward with these long three-pointers and, and having a team that can consistently hit threes and, and make it a winning formula. However, he's small and not very good defensively. If he comes up against a bigger point guard, I mean, that's, that's yeah. it. He has improved, but still not. He's basically, he's nearly six foot three, though, so we're not talking Trey Young oh, yeah. small. <laughs> no. But, I mean, yeah, if, if he comes up against a, I don't know, I feel like someone like a Harden or whatever could back him down quite easily, or, or Luca. Yeah, Harden could, yeah, definitely. Uh, players like that. And if, if they switch on the pick and rolls and he's up against like a LeBron or someone who's mobile and physical, or Giannis, uh, you know, there's just there's no yeah. chance. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I will add on Curry there. Two things. I think there's two things he could improve, which sounds crazy, that he would probably be number one on this list, which is nuts. I think he fouls on defense when he's in a bad position too often, when sometimes you're better off just letting them score or playing your good defense. And if they score over you, they've scored over you, but he can foul. And then he's got three fouls in the first half and has to sit for five minutes. Um, but the worst thing is he has a very, he has quite a few sloppy turnovers in games. That, we saw that in the playoffs. The two games they lost against the Grizz and oh no, they beat the no they lost the Lakers didn't they? Uh, Lakers and then Grizz. I think he had like nine and a half turnovers, uh, and that's what kind of numbers you see a little bit from like Luca, who's twenty two, whereas Curry's thirty two. Yeah. Um, 
so I think if he didn't do that as much, but that's because their offense is so fun and free flowing, so they just get a little bit loose. I think if he tidied that up a little bit, which I think part of that is because he's not he was the guy having to do all the ball handling. If Draymond was off the floor last year, it was this year bringing in Iggy. Um, I think that he'll have to do that less. But yeah, I think he he would literally be number one or two on most people's lists. I think if he improved those slight areas, and some people really love defense as well, don't they? Which you're just not going to get from a, a six foot two point guard. Uh, cool. Well, he's four on yours then. That's four on mine. I did a little switcheroo. LeBron James, number four. Uh, yeah. These top four players are... I actually think the top five players on my list, anyway, are the best five players in the world in whatever order you want. And I don't think you could... Yeah, I, I, I actually don't think there's an argument for anyone to be in that list who's not. I think Kawhi, Harlan, Jokic, and B. You can have them at five, at six, you can have them at ten, whatever. I don't think you can have a, have a different top five for, for me. So number four, I went with LeBron. Um, injuries a little bit last couple of seasons um, bias because I don't like him that much <laughs> uh, and basically it's because the three people above him had better better, better season and a half really to be honest um, I think out of them LeBron's probably the well yeah he's probably the third best on defence which you'd never say five years ago but the defence is what's really slowed down as he tries to kind of extend his career on the offensive end, obviously the Lakers weren't great and he did look a little bit disinterested in those blowouts against the Suns when AD wasn't on the floor and they were down 20 in the first half those couple of times. I think it was just a bit of a tough season for him, but I think he'll come back and he'll be right up there for the MVP. I think all these guys are going to be right up there. And to be the fourth best player in the world and probably the second best player of all time, in my opinion, or best player in some people's opinions, I don't think that's a bad thing. So I just went with LeBron here at four. Yeah, especially at 36 going on 37. I mean, how many players in history at that age have been, you know, playing to the calibre that he plays. But yeah, no, that's good. Do you want to go on to talk about your next one then, since I've covered him? Yeah, so basically three and four for me were, it didn't really matter in the end. When I looked at my list, when I looked at my list, sorry, uh, four and five, I mean, um, and then I kind of saw where I had Curry, and I'm a bit biased, I love Steph Curry. So I moved Curry up to three in the end. Um, I think his shooting is elite. I think his scoring is elite. And I think he's probably the third best scorer in the league and the best shooter in the league. Um, he's terrible compared to LeBron on defense. Uh, but I think I agree with you, actually. People underrate his passing. I think that's actually better than what people think. I think he had an incredible year last year. Uh, people kind of saw him as like the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth best player in the league when they had Durant. But that was because he was letting Durant do those things. He could have wanted to be more ball dominant, but he's a very team focused kind of player. And I think that now the team is going to be built around him and he gets uh, Clay next to him shooting wise. He gets Moses as well from the draft who can shoot. I think his season's only going to go better. So for me, I think the most valuable trait in the league is scoring and shooting. And I think he's probably up there with both those figures. So I've gone with Steph Curry at three after a little bit of thought, but I'm kind of glad now actually, because I think LeBron James is better than Giannis. So I'm glad I had those two around that way because I think LeBron can do more passing and shooting than Giannis can. Uh, and he is worse defensively, but he's just as good on the boards as well. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that they snuck out of that way, but I've gone with uh, Steph at three. Nice. Yeah. Um, my number three, uh, I'm just going to go through again. This is one of my favorite parts of looking at these like players and doing these lists and stuff. I'm just going to go through these nicknames here. Um, the Matador, followed by El Matador. Cool Hand, The Don, Wonder Boy. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that one. Swaggy L, Luca Legend. Swaggy L is terrible. <laughs> um, 
The Matador yeah. is uh, from the Madrid days, which I yeah. enjoy. Um, there was one from Bede as well I wanted to mention, but I forgot to. It's called Dua 180. Apparently, that's one of his nicknames. Oh, but right. There we go. Cool. Never heard that in my life. <laughs> Normal. Uh, but number three, Luka Doncic. He is incredible. He's 21 going on 22. He is averaging 20. So last season, 27 points a game. His, his assists are eight a game. His rebounds are eight a game. Like he's flirting with a triple double in his third season in the NBA. He is a phenomenal talent, and he very quickly, I think, will be the best player in the league and for a very long time. However, at the moment, for me, his turnovers are way too high at four a game. Um, and his technical fouls and just chirping at the ref needs to go down a notch. Uh, it's a very European thing, I think. It is a very European thing, that. I think. Yeah, you're right. Um, Man- Manu Ginobili did that a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. And I think he needs to really rein it in because he's going to get himself in a lot of trouble at the wrong time. Like during the playoffs, he'd get easy texts for doing that. Uh, and I think if he doesn't rein it in, he's going to get a reputation for himself and refs are going to call it even earlier and even quicker than they would do normally. Um, but he's the most talented player under 25 in the league, for sure. Easily, without a doubt. Um, I, I give it th- three seasons at the most before he is the best player in the league. Nice. I think Luca and Mavs fans will uh, bite your hand off for that one. <laughs> I'll be very happy with that. Nice. Um, does that mean you're back up now with two, though? Yeah, you are, I think. So I've got two left, yeah. Or do you want me to do? Do you want me? Do you want me to do my two? Or do you want me to do your two first? Go on, you do yours. So whilst we're on the subject of Luca being the best player in the NBA, I have Kevin Durant at number two. <laughs> uh, this was crazy for me. These are my two favorite players in the world, so I've just got an absolute bias. Uh, I've just gone bias. I don't really know why. Durant is probably the best player, but who cares? <laughs> um, both players incredible in the season, both players incredible in the Olympics, but there's a couple of reasons why I put Luca first. But Durant, best scorer in the world. I think, like I said, Curry's the best shooter, and I think Durant is the best all-round scorer. His defense is very underrated. His rebounding is very underrated. He carried that Brooklyn team against the Bucks to one of the best performances I've ever seen in the playoffs. Um, he then went to the Olympics, had one bad game, and then kind of rallied around to, to not single-handedly. That's what, when people say he single-handedly won the gold, they're not looking around at the rest of the team. So uh, he helped them win a goal tremendously and scored late on in games. Him and Drew Holiday were amazing in fourth quarters. Um, he's definitely the... Right, I think I've read that in terms of true small forward, because they don't really count LeBron as a small forward, Kyle's a guard in this sort of discussion because he brings the ball up so much. Durant is probably the best scoring forward of all time just in the history of the NBA. That's how good he is. Uh, he probably would have won the championship if his toe was behind the line that I know that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, and it's just amazing, actually, to see someone from that Achilles injury in there to come back and be as good as he is. I think it's real positive for the league. Uh, we've seen a couple of Achilles injuries in different sports already this summer. So I think it's nice to, to see a player come back like that. Uh, and a little bit of personal bias, even though I love Durant, and he's my second favourite player, just led him to be number two instead of number one. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean... Uh, Can you think of any forwards that are better scorer than him? I, I honestly don't think of one. Because obviously LeBron and Michael Jordan, are more, to be honest, they're handling the ball non-stop. So they're more 
ones and twos in terms of that sentence, aren't they? But I can't think of many forwards, maybe apart from Kawhi and maybe Pippin and I don't know, Larry no, Bird. I, I agree with you. I think he is the best scoring forward ever. I, I, I 100% agree with you. I don't think there's anybody of his size that shoots a three ball as well as he does consistently. Um, he's better in the post than people can give him credit for because he is so long and lengthy. I think he, he kind of he's very good at turning, shooting over people, and getting those kind of things. Um, and I think he'd be even better in the post if he had a bit more weight about him. But he's called the Slim Reaper for a reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got Durant at two here. Um, if I'm honest, I was between him um, and Luca and LeBron. I had them moving around all over the shop. How have you got LeBron first after this year? <laughs> got this point. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but I had Luca first, basically, on my list. And, and then it. I thought about it and I was like, he's not ready to be first yet. He's just not ready. Um, but yeah, yeah like Durant coming off the back of the Achilles thing is the most impressive thing for me. That is phenomenal, the way he's come back from that. It's just, it's it's unheard of, it's unseen. And I think the I think the reason I've done this is, for me, this is the last season. I think LeBron will be the best player or like or has been the best player. I think injuries really let him down. I think... Um, I don't think his team was as good around him last season, which I think is a big thing for him because he does like to get his teammates involved. Um, I agree with you. I think Durant is a better scorer. I just still think, up to this point, LeBron is a better all-round player, but I will go on record and say, and I don't think he will be maybe even top three at the end of this next season coming up. I think he's really hitting a big decline from now on. Whilst you're on your number two, technically, though, Durant, do you think his defence is undervalued a little bit? I think it's been a lot better. This this is the best defence I've seen from him, personally, this season. As they well. needed it as well, didn't they? <laughs> exactly. And I think they're going to continue to need it. And I think this is a point where he can focus on his defence, though, because he's got um, Kyrie and Harden around him and like people like Griffin and stuff that are just scorers. Um, he yes. can and, and they don't have any defensive presence he has to defend and I think that's why it's been more noticeable for me like in the past uh, I haven't really rated his defence highly but I think for me here he's taken a step up this season um, and I think next season he will be top of this list for sure for me um, which is a really big thing for me to say uh, big MVP candidate for this season, I think, isn't he? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Easy. Barring anything horrible, he is, I think, it's almost right. nailed on. Yeah, he's right up there. I think he's uh, fourth favourite at the moment. I know Lucas' favourite and Curry's second favourite. He's either third or fourth, so it's going to be right up there for that battle. Um, cool, well, I'll do number one then before we end on your number one. We've run over yep. a bit on time, so I'll be a little bit quicker. Uh, i got with Luca, number one. Um Going to use some of your own words against you. Comments about LeBron. Luca, LeBron did not have quite a good team around him. You see who Lucas passed it to? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think his team is just... If you actually look at this whole list, he has got the worst team by far, which I find oh, quite, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. quite amazing. Um, I agree with what you said earlier. Like, best player under 25, for sure. Like, incredible. Uh, 
his intelligence is that he is like LeBron from younger, which is quite ironic that I hate it. I always hate LeBron. Um, in terms of his intelligence, seeing people all over the floor, he, when he knows he's got a certain matchup, he'll change and he'll start backing people up. When he's hot from three, he'll just take step back threes over big guys on switches. Um, his passing is probably second best in the NBA behind Jokic, which is probably fairly. I think Jokic is probably the best passer. Uh, I think Lucas probably right up there. I agree with you on the turnovers, although he only averaged 0.6 turnovers more than LeBron. So, And he's, what, 14 years younger. So... I don't mind that too much, to be honest, in a, an offense where he has to have the ball the whole time he's got it, um, like LeBron does in, in LA as well. So I think that if they get another ball handler, hopefully that you'll see that reduce. But uh, I'm a Luca fan, obviously, so I watch every single game. He just took a country, <laughs> four million people, to the fourth best in the world at basketball, and they have no other recognizable names that the average NBA Europe or UK fan would know. Uh, and he was just incredible. He tied out a bit with an injury towards the end, but he, he nearly beat the record for the most amount of points in the Olympics. Obviously, the Clippers, for me, were looking like one of the best teams in the NBA. Like they, they nearly beat the um, they nearly beat the Suns or close to the Suns without Kawhi, and, uh, yeah. and Luca managed to take them basically on his own to to seven games of Kawhi having the best series statistically of Kawhi's life. So. I think Luca's up there. I, I don't have any arguments with having Luca or Duran at number one. I have arguments with the other guy, but that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think if someone had Luca at three or four, I wouldn't really have any arguments. I just think he's an incredible player. I think he's fun to watch as well, and I love his personality. I think he, he tries hard. And with Slovenia, he was averaging like two blocks a game and two steals a game, so he can actually play defense, but you just don't want him picking up those fouls in the NBA where they seem to call fouls for everything, whereas anyone who watched the Olympics knows that it's a bit more kind of it's less strict, isn't it? They let people have a bit more contact. Whereas in the NBA, if you have any contact, it's a foul. And you can't have Luca as your only kind of star player having three or four fouls every game. So uh, hopefully he improves on that end. But for me, I just think he's a, he's a star. Uh, and we've said off air before, he's the only player I honestly see who could. He might not, but he could have a career that in 20 years you're like, oh, wow, it's LeBron, then Michael Jordan, then Luca, you know? Like all time, that's how good he could be. Obviously, he's nowhere yeah. near there. He's not even, he's not even won a playoff series yet. But he's 22, so we'll see. But a bit of bias, but I went him for number one. Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to wrap it up with your number one? Um, I know you've already spoken a little bit about him, and then we'll finish the episode. Yeah, I won't spend too long on it because, as I said, I think this is the final season. He'll be top two, even. I think he'll he'll drop quite rapidly, and I think it feeds into what we were saying earlier that Anthony Davis needs to step up on this Lakers team, but. I'm keeping LeBron at number one for now. I just think he is the most versatile player in the NBA. He's the most adaptable. Um, That's Bruce Brown, isn't it? Most versatile. <laughs> he wishes. He wishes. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he's he's listed here for the past two seasons as a point guard on uh, <laughs> on basketball reference, which is very interesting. Um considering he's six foot nine you know he is in that magic johnson role at the moment but you look over the past seasons he's been shooting guards small forwards power forwards he's guarded centers he he is the most well-rounded player we have ever seen in the nba um still i think at 36 which is why i've put him here to be honest but i don't think that's going to last i think this is this is, it. I think, Durant and, like I said, I had Durant and Luca above him for a little while and I was switching them around and um, right at the last minute, Luca went from one to three, mm-hmm. swapped it out. But, um, 
Yeah, nice. I'll leave it there. Nice. I actually think there's an argument that Giannis as well could jump to number one because if he does, if his playoffs yeah. performances continue on offense, like, and he starts shooting sixteen for twenty from the field from the free throw line like he did in the finals, then it's just a different player, isn't it? So it's quite exciting. There's a lot of top talent, but I knew we weren't going to agree. We actually had zero matching in the end. <laughs> I think. Uh, I know we had Giannis, Giannis didn't we? At five or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had, yeah. I know we had Durant at two, didn't we? Oh yeah, that was it. Um, for me, I just want to quickly mention, I didn't have Leonard or Davis in just because Davis oh, yeah, I just noticed that. so inconsistent last season and injuries, I think, drop him out of a top 10 for me at the moment. Although he is potentially one of the most talented players in the NBA at the moment, physically and basketball IQ. Um, and Leonard, obviously, for me, I just didn't count him because... He's not going to be playing next season, really. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, but I agree with you. He is in that top five or six. Uh, he's, again, a real incredible two-way player. Um, phenomenal. And the one that was also right on the fringe for this top ten for me was Kyrie Irving. Just the way he can score the ball from two and three is almost unseen by any other player. He's like a combination, I don't know, of an Allen Iverson around the rim. And I don't know, he's a very consistent three-point shooter, which I don't think he gets enough credit for. Um, so I just wanted a quick mention to those three guys. I don't think Kyrie would crack my top 15, I don't think. But the only ones I debated was Dame. Obviously, I didn't have Dame. I find it interesting we both didn't have Davis. That's quite interesting. Um, I think Dame would pretty clearly be my number 11. Uh, and then, yeah, in terms of aside from that, there wasn't many, there wasn't really any other players that I that I thought about. I don't think. I think Trey Young's probably higher on the list than people realise because of how much he can create, but he's done it for a lot shorter period of time. Um, but yeah, no, I think Dame was my only honourable mention, but it was between him and Davis for ten and eleven. I think Davis is probably a better all-round player, but I don't think he's a better all-round player every game. That's the problem. So maybe I could I could have had Dame easily at ten instead of him. But yeah, there we go. That is our our top tens and that is uh, the end of the episode Benjamin that was good uh, we only agreed on two in the end I think last time we agreed on five from my notes um, so it's been a crazy crazy year in the NBA I want to see how high Clay can get on our top 20s uh, after coming back from injury I want to see how high Trey Young can climb Zion can climb I think the NBA is definitely in a, in a good position but in terms of us uh, this is going to be our last podcast probably for we think about four four or five weeks uh, we both got holiday each and I've got a real big work commitment at the start of September. So we're going to take a break. We haven't done that at all yet. So we have a little bit of a break, come back. Uh, and basically all our content when we come back, will be gearing up for the new season. So we'll be very hyper focused on them. If any crazy trades happen, I'm sure you're going to be hearing our voices for a 15 minute emergency podcast. But in terms of full length ones, uh, I think we're going to have about four or five weeks off. So Ben, enjoy your uh, time away from the poddy. A little bit of a basketball break, getting back into teaching as school comes back. But uh, then we'll be kicking it off uh, massively for next season. Yeah, really looking forward to, to next season and, and could definitely looking forward to this little potty break. But who knows, we might be back. Yeah, tomorrow Dame Lillian's traded, Sunday <laughs> ben, Day, uh, ben Simmons is traded. Oh, great, there we go. Uh, but we'll see. Remember to go follow us at underscore Harvard Hoops. Um, we will retweet and tweet any news out on there as well. Uh, and if we're doing an emergency pod, we'll announce it on there as well. So go follow us there. Ben, I will speak to you soon. And listeners, we'll speak to you uh, in four weeks' time. Uh, just before we go, quick plug from me. Uh, you know, not that there's many Cav fans out there, but I was on a, a podcast 
uh, called Across the Cavs, uh, where me and the host Zach talked about uh, Sexton's chances of potentially being an all-star, um, Cleveland filling up the roster, what they can do there, and a little bit of trivia at the end, which I was awful at. But please go check him out. He is one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever spoken to about the NBA, and his enthusiasm is off the charts. So go check it out. Talk to you soon. Bye.